Welcome to episode 34 of the WebJoy podcast. I'm your host, Eddie, and in this podcast, we interview guests about their origin stories and what makes them excited and joyful to be part of the tech community. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, Little Pieces All Fitting Together, with Nicole Frank. Welcome to another episode of WebJoy. Today I have Nicole Frank with me. Nicole, say hi to everyone listening. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Awesome. It's my pleasure. So kind of who are you? What do you do? Where you work? You know, a brief rundown of yourself. So I am a a senior UX designer now referred to as a product designer, which is kind of confusing. And I know a lot of people in the industry are kind of confused by the title switching. I work at a small startup based in Omaha, Nebraska, but I am located in Connecticut. So I am leading the tax experience side of our application. I also run my own kind of personal brand on Twitter, Nicole Frank, and I try to help others who are breaking into user experience with like general things where it's like, maybe you're applying for your first UX role. How best to do that and try to guide people and give them some quick tips that I wish I knew at the time. So I really like that kind of community and helping out others. That's great. It seems like you keep pretty busy with all of that. I do. Yeah. It's like a full-time job, but it's like a labor of love. It's not like anything where it's like, oh my God, I have to go and tweet this today, or I have to help out this person. No, it's honestly kind of the best thing that I've ran into. Well, you're investing into others, kind of helping them get their start. So that's an interesting segue to like, hey, how did you get your start, right? Where were you? What were you doing when you kind of realized, I want to get involved in tech? I want to do product design, UX design. And um, what has that journey kind of looked like for you? It's been a long journey. So remember like the early 2000s and like I was like a kid and there was like you could design your own MySpace and put in code (laughs) or um, remember Neopets? I was like obsessed with that. Yeah. Embarrassingly enough. (laughs) So (laughs) that's okay. I think everyone had their Neopets phase. Yeah. Everyone had like a phase where they were like making their profiles and learning a little bit of like HTML, CSS, but it wasn't at the level that we have now. So it was like, everything was misaligned. There was weird colors, whatever. Yeah, the days are kind of coming all back to me now. But in high school, I went to this local high school and they're actually, they have specialized programs because it's such a big high school. So I did fine arts and I had my mindset on, hey, I want to be an artist and I want to study under some like, really great art professional and go to college for it and get my master's in fine arts. The recession happened and it made me take a step back and say to myself, I need a corporate job. I need to be able to support myself while the rest of the world is like falling apart. My family had issues during the recession. Other people's families I knew had a really hard time. So went to school and studied business in of course, got the little minor in art. So (laughs) that was like my way of kind of balancing like being corporate and then also having that artsy side. But after then, I just focused on landing my job, went to school in Boston. So it was like hyper competitive when graduating and 
what, 2015? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like a really weird time for a young fresh out college person. So what I did was get whatever job I could. And eventually I worked my way into the hedge fund field doing hedge fund accounting. You would think it would be like your traditional accounting. It's not. It's literally telling like a hedge fund how much they're worth over a certain period of time. It could be daily, monthly, yearly. And I thought to myself, this sucks. Like, I don't want to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to be in Excel all day long. It's a great skill to have now in UX. But I literally was like, OK, I need to change my career One of my friends was doing user experience over at New Balance in Boston. So went back to school, but for my master's, literally same school that he was going to at the time. And I told myself, okay, I have six months to do this program. It was a two-year program, but I had my mind set on, I'm going to get a job in six months. Wow. And I landed a job designing hedge fund software for my first UX role. And the rest has been a roller coaster ride. That's awesome. I love that you took an area that you knew, like working in hedge fund companies, and then you were able to like do that shift into design while utilizing that background. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely one of the ways I recommend to people now is like take something that you know and make that the bridge to what you want to do. That's really cool. I've heard one or two people mention that, but not a lot. You know, a lot of people, times people jump into just a completely new area. And so I think that's a really good way to stay stable, right? Oftentimes when you're doing something new, it can feel really unstable and really like you're in a completely new territory. And it's like you kind of, have almost like a little comfort blanket, right? Like, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I kind of view it as a way to get your foot in the door because back when I was applying for jobs, user experience in big cities, of course, is a little more competitive than like, say, if you're in, I don't know, somewhere that isn't like a populated city. So I often suggest the idea to a lot of people as, a way to show your marketability. Like I know what I'm doing here, but I am applying for this junior role. You don't have to train me on the content. You just have to help me out in becoming a junior UX designer. Nice. No, that's a, that's a good point because a lot, when you're changing industries, a lot of the onboarding is just learning the industry. So if you already know the industry, like you're a step ahead than anyone else who's going to have to learn the industry. So that's a competitive advantage right there. That's awesome. Yeah, I like my journey so far, even though it's been crazy. (laughs) And obviously, like you've been doing design for a while, and now you've started to do mentoring and consulting. Like, I guess, what is it that kind of sparked that interest in you? When I was fresh out of not out of college, but when I was switching into UX, there was no guidance. And I mean, I had really awesome professors. I went to a fantastic school and I'm really grateful for that. But there was no one to really hold your hand and say like, this is what you should do. Or like, if I was in your shoes, like this is what I would do or have done. So I feel like whenever you can share that knowledge with anyone who's trying something new, it's more power to everyone in the community. That's awesome. So I was like, they gave you the general skills, but 
practically speaking, you were kind of just on your own. Yeah. And a lot of professions that I was in before, like the financial field, there is no way to know what path to take or what even baby step to take. So it's really overwhelming and I get it. And I get a lot of questions of which boot camp should I do? Should I go back to school? Should I do this? And it's kind of like, I want to make sure that people have information that's relevant to the careers that they might want today. That makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. So obviously, if you're, you've been in design this long, and you're helping other people get in, you must really love design. What is it that kind of keeps you excited and kind of keeps you in love with design and and stuff? The thing I love about design is especially user experience design is that you can try so many new things. You can learn something new every single day and you can specialize in many different areas if you choose to specialize. It's kind of like a limitless like landscape in a way where you don't have to be stuck. You can always try something new. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, you have all these different avenues to go down, all these little like choose your own adventure kind of thing. Yeah, and in finance, like what I was doing, it felt like such a linear path and I hated feeling like trapped, Mm. which user experience and design, like I have never felt that way. There's always another opportunity. There's always a new project. It's all out there for you. Well, so obviously one thing we always like to talk about on this podcast is like things that bring you joy. So I know when we talked, you kind of mentioned atomic principles and, and different things like that, that bring you joy. So I guess kind of share with us how you view atomic principles and what it is that about them that kind of brings you joy. And then we can dive into that a little bit. So I like to apply this in lots of different ways, but I like the concept of starting very, very small and then building something beautiful out of it, whether it's a design or your life. And most people in myself included get overwhelmed with, hey, we need this project or, hey, you need to do this in life. It's like, how do I do all that? And really what it is, is just executing these really small basic steps that will build on each other to create something great. That's awesome. So it's like, start with the baby steps and then like, so that you aren't necessarily terrified. And then like, you can build on top of that and make something big and awesome. Yeah, like atomic design, like you're building small little atoms, right? And then they become eventually like organisms, like they work their way up and it's kind of a scientific way of looking at it. And eventually you take all these little tiny components and boom, you have a page or you have an experience and a flow. But also in life, you can apply those same principles by hey, maybe I need to do this really small habit every single day to build something great for my future. So yeah, figure now for you, like, would you just pick a random habit? Or are you starting with saying like, okay, here's my end goal. And then like, what small habit gets me there? How do you kind of think that through from your perspective? So definitely having that goal in mind, like, say you want to become a lead designer, for example, which is like my next big step. It's like, how do I break this down, this really big goal into 
smaller steps and even daily things that will help me progress forward in my career. And by doing that, it's just so much more easier on your mind. And you're not just like pressing yourself to like get this ultimate title. You're building up the habits, the routines, the behaviors to become this person you want to be in the future. For me, it's that lead position. It's like building a house in a way, right? You need like a solid foundation before you get the house. And then all these little things become a part of that, what is ultimately going going to be your home. Does that make sense in a way? Yeah, start with a foundation. It's like, okay, a foundation just looks like, right, a block of whatever cement or whatever they put in our foundations. Mm-hmm. I'm not an architectural person, but you know, they lay a whole bunch of cement and you look at it and you're like, well, that doesn't seem like much. And it's interesting because I've even, I think, right, the small things can be bigger than we expect. They've been doing a lot of construction around us. And you sometimes look at the foundation of what's going to be a house. And when you look at it, it actually on its own as a foundation looks really small. Like I always look and I'm like, how are they going to build a house on that? Like, that doesn't seem big enough. But once they actually finished the house, the foundation was a lot bigger than it looked. It was just like an illusion because there wasn't that much there. Yeah, you always look at people, at least I do, and I go, wow, how did they get there? And literally the most successful people just build on top of whatever habits and behaviors they need to become that person. But even when I look at like a small little button on a page, I'm like, wow, that's so small. Like, what are we going to eventually do with that? And then you see the whole thing built out and it becomes this experience of what you dreamed it would be. Just little pieces all fitting together. Yeah, I really love that. The combination of these little pieces are greater than the pieces themselves are, right? Kind of like, um, I know we talk about in the Sometimes like, oh, you have a team, right? And the team should be greater than the sum of all the people in the team, right? By working together, they create a chemistry that is more than what they are. It's like you said with, say, a design system, like the buttons and the color palette and, you know, the modals and stuff. And like when you put all that together, suddenly you get an experience where when you just look at the one item, it's just like, that's a cool button. That's nice. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's like overwhelming to think of it. And I absolutely, I don't know how design system designers do this and just like create these like little components to, for other people to consume. But it's like, they have to be so intentional with the way that they build things and how they hand them out to people in a way that it's like, I wish I was like this in my everyday life, just making sure everything was perfect and so aligned. So then it becomes like this giant thing and we're human. We're not like design systems. So nothing's going to be perfect (laughs) in our behavior or whatnot. But I just think it's like so interesting how they manage that. That is really cool. I think it requires a specific type of mindset to be able to zoom in on something small and like see how it impacts things from a greater purpose. A couple episodes back, everyone probably heard an episode with Bonnie Kate Wolf and she does icon design. And so it's like she has to zoom in to the pixel level to literally change these individual pixels. And yet like 
keeping in the back of her mind, like when you zoom out, what does this one pixel look like at its actual like 100% size? And I think it's interesting in our life, like taking and flipping that in the way you're talking about, like you kind of have to remember both the individual action that might be somewhat frustrating or mundane, but then thinking about what that looks like when you're actually zooming out and like looking at yourself from a third person and like, okay, but what does this person look like who's doing this thing, right? And uh, that, it can be a tricky mindset, but I think hearing you and thinking about, you know, the other episode, that feels really powerful to be able to kind of zoom out from your life and almost look at your life from someone else's perspective. Yeah, in a lot of um, psychology, I don't have any studies off the top of my head, (laughs) but it's hard for any regular human being to think of a future self, right? It's very much your experience is past and present. And like even financial studies have shown this about saving money is like you have a goal in mind, but a lot of people don't reach that goal because of their actions, just little tiny steps, maybe saving 20 bucks a week or maybe not buying, I don't know, like a giant TV every month. (laughs) because there's some people out there like that, but it's really just the basics that build you up. And it's interesting. This was not a planned segue for anyone listening, but you know, I think that kind of brings us back around to the fact that you do mentoring and consulting, right? Like it's oftentimes hard for us to view ourselves in a future state. And it's hard for us to view ourselves like as a third person. So I think that is, a key part where like mentoring comes into place, right? Someone else who can come in and look at us and see us differently than we can see ourselves. So kind of shifting there, how does that play into this, right? Do you consider any of these things that we've been talking about as you go through like mentoring and what does mentoring look like with how you work with people? So I have a formal mentorship program, but as a way to give back to the community, I'll take on five people for nine weeks and just coach them through like, hey, um, this is my goal. What do I do to get there? And it's all about giving people homework and making this whole feeling of I'm accountable to someone now and saying like, I have to achieve these little goals to reach there. And actually I was helping one um, beautiful human being And she just got her first UX offer by the little changes. I know I'm so happy for her. And when she messaged me, I was like, oh my goodness, like go and celebrate, but I'm also going to be celebrating you and whatnot. So that was great to hear from her. But it was literally just these little tiny steps that add up to this big goal of her getting an offer that makes such a difference. But yeah, I offer mentorship. And then for those who follow me on Twitter, I'll put out some quick hitting advice that I'm hearing from either my mentees or people that are like DMing me, asking me questions, because there's so much out there that it's literally just little tiny steps that people need to be taking or something very small that they need to be informed about in the industry. So you share information on your Twitter, then you occasionally take kind of these small cohort of people to just mentor. And then you have an official mentorship program beyond that is what you were saying. 
Yeah. So if anyone wants to book time with me, I usually just take whatever problem that they have, like any UX designer or developer. And it's like, okay, how do we break this down so that you can achieve this? Just like Atomic Principles, where it's like, you have this big thing that you need to design, but how are we going to build it up and actually like ship it out and make it a real product? That's awesome. Yeah. So if anyone is finding themselves running into challenges and needing to to have some help, definitely we'll include all the information in the show notes so you can reach out to Nicole and when she has an opening and can work with you, hopefully that will help. Awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure just chatting and getting to know you, hearing your story and kind of nerding out a little bit about atomic principles and like life, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I really appreciate being on here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for listening and have a great day. Thank you for joining us for episode 34, Little Pieces All Fitting Together with Nicole Frank. You can find out more about Nicole on her website, NicoleFrank.com. And you can find her all across the interwebs. You can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as a link to Nicole's website and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you enjoy this episode, why not help others discover it as well? Give us a shout out on your favorite social media platform and tag a friend or a coworker that you think would enjoy the episode. Don't forget to follow us wherever you hang out online or subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date. Thank you for listening and have a great day.